It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What up, everyone? What up, Internet? There's only one person watching right now, but in the archive, there's probably lots of people listening or watching. You get the idea. Gordon here is solo. Why am I solo? I have some sad news. Regrettable. Did not think it would go this way, but my colleague, Kevin Sully, I don't know how to say this. Um... He got sick, and he decided not to show up because he doesn't care about you guys the way I do. He's also scared of my cross-country rankings. He thinks that they are fraudulent. He thinks that they're wrong, and he refused to even sit next to me while I go over these rankings. With that being said, oh, you have he's me also worried, Gordon. I thought I thought I was out of a job. Oh gosh, <laughs> he's also just sick. And he said, I'll see you guys Friday. I got the text at 7 a.m. this morning. So it's just me for a few, for an hour, for 30 minutes, however long I can talk about cross country. But it's okay. I'm going to need the chat to be wild because I'm going to rely on you guys to uh, keep the show going. It's going to be a good show. I'm going to talk about some cross country. I will not talk about my Philadelphia Phillies being two wins away from the World Series because that's not track and field. Uh, But I will talk about the cross-country rankings. I will talk about Kevin and his lack of commitment to the show. But that's for another podcast. Uh, We'll do that in a bonus pod. There is some non-cross-country news, but I think I'm going to save that for when Kevin comes back. Uh, Kind of do a little housekeeping. Obviously, New York City Marathon is this Sunday. We're going to do a full preview of the New York City Marathon on the Friday podcast, both men's and women's. Talk about you know Galen Rupp, Kira D'Amato, all the great runners out there, uh, which is you know looking to be. I guess there's a Valencia marathon's gonna be good. It's one of the final two or three big major marathons of 2022. We'll dive into that on the Friday pod. We'll do a reaction to the results on Monday morning. Um, so if you're a marathon fan, don't fret, it's coming. Um, there was some news over at the World Athletics where they uh, announced the nominees for the Rising Star Award, which is basically, you know, the Rookie of the Year type nominees. Uh, We'll go through that probably sometime next week. we got time. They're not announcing the winners anytime soon. So we'll break down who we think should win Rising Star on both the men's and women's side at the World Athletics. Uh, So we'll talk about that. Anything else? I think that's it. 
Let's talk about some cross country. All right. So we had a we had we had a podcast the day of the conference championships, and Kevin and I gave our initial you know reactions of what this means for the national team title race. Who? What's our order of our new top four? This is all done in the heat of the moment. We had just seen. You know, Stanford do well at the Pac-12 championships. Oklahoma State men and women dominate Big 12s. Wisconsin win the Big 10. We saw NAU get back into form winning the Big South. I'm not Big South, the Big Sky. But we didn't really look too deep into the numbers because, you know, sometimes scoring 17 points or 22 points can look amazing. But in reality, your fifth was two minutes back of your fourth, and it's actually not that good of a run. So... I put in all the numbers, updated my algorithm. Algorithm's getting complicated. I have a very unique Excel spreadsheet that, let's count. There are 3,542 athletes. 3,542 athletes, men and women combined, on my Excel sheet. And I'm trying to find the best 255 men and women. I'm trying to find the best five-man, five-woman spread to see the rankings of the top 25 teams. It's very complicated. I'm going off of multiple data points, such as last year, last year's track season, you know, Nutty, Comb, Cowboy Jamboree, Conference Championships, all that together. You're trying to prioritize, deprioritize, see who's kind of jogging, not jogging. It's all this complicated. And with that, I came up with my updated uh, 255. I think we're going to start with the individuals because I think I know start with team, not individual, individual, start with individuals, individuals more interesting in my mind. So we'll start with individual men. So I have a new number one. So going into conference championships, Kai Robinson was my number one. Nico Young is now my new number one. Nico Young, Kai Robinson actually dropped all the way down to fifth, but really Kai Robinson is technically third because if you look at my rankings, I got the three Stanford boys finishing third, fourth, fifth. It doesn't matter the order. Who cares if it's Charles Six, Cole Sprout, Robinson, Sprout, Robinson, Hicks. Those three are going to be running together, and I think they are, as a trio, the third best runner in the country. Those three combined make the third best runner. Nico Young won. Alex Mayer, two, then the Stanford Trio, three. Which is crazy, because if you think about it, if the third best runner in the country is three different people, your team, little foreshadowing, pretty damn good. So Nico Young, one, Alex Mayer, two, Stanford, Trio, three. Then we go to Alabama's Victor Kiprop. He won SECs. He is six. Casey Klinger. Over out in the West Coast Conference at BYU, seven. Bob Liking, uh, name of the year right there, in eighth. Acer Iverson of Harvard, ninth. And then Nicholas Scudder from Charlotte. This guy, man, no one's talking about him. Over at the Conference USA, won that. Nicholas Scudder, man, he's a junior. He's going to finish top 10 for sure. And no one's even talking about him. Maybe even top five. He's going to be like, well, we're going to be watching the stream. You're going to be like, who's that Charlotte kid who's like running up there with Nico Young? You're like, yeah, it's Nicholas Scudder. Come on. But you see uh, NAU's number two there, Drew Bosley, 11. Um, Benfell, 12 of Oregon. Dylan Jacobs, NCAA 10K champ, 13. 
Um, he lost. He lost to Victor Kiprop at SECs. Uh, Fourteen. Uh, we got. Sorry, I need Carter Solomon of Notre Dame, who had a big ACC performance. Parker Wolf, fifteen. Barry Keen, sixteen. Andrew Kent, seventeen. Randwell Pac twelves. Then uh, Hoftu of Villanova, who was I think top ten across last year. So I have him finishing top twenty here. Roy Leonard of Oklahoma State, new name. They're 19, and then his teammate, Victor Schitzma, 20. We'll talk about this when we talk about the team. Victor Schitzma did not run well at Big 12s, but he ran well at Cowboy Jamboree. He's, he's, he's very good. He should be an All-American finisher, maybe even a top 20 like I have him here. But that's going to be the linchpin for Oklahoma State is whether or not this guy shows up to be a top 20 guy or finishing 80th which could make or break Oklahoma State's chances at winning the team title. And then go on the list. You can check out all 255. Let's talk about who finished 255th on my men's list. You know, Everyone wants to know, who do I think will finish dead last at NCAAs? And we'll back up. So Jacob Lewis, junior from Tennessee, congratulations. You're finishing dead last at NCAAs. But that's of, that's of today. That's if the race happened today. The race is not today, luckily for you, Jacob Lewis. The race is in a few weeks. You have a chance to prove yourself at regionals, to change the narrative around you about being the 255th best runner in the nation. I believe in you. I think you're going to run well in the South region to get off of that 255 name on your back. So, Jacob Lewis, don't, don't fret. It's just for the November 2nd rankings. You're not going to finish 255th at Nationals. So those are my uh, top 255 individuals. I mean, most of the names we've known, there's a couple like randos like Scudder, right, of Charlotte there. But at the end of the day, the race is going to be Nico Young, Alex Mayer, Stanford Trio, Alabama's Kiprop, maybe Klinger, and then maybe Dylan Jacobs gets his... Gets, his, gets it together and is in the mix. But I think there's a very strong chance it's going to be Young, Mayer, or one of the Stanford guys. I don't think Kiprop's going to win. It's going to be Young, Mayer, or Stanford. Like, that's just what it's going to be. And if you think about it, Stanford's got three bullets to try to get the individual title. So, But right now, I'm going with Nico Young. Even though he lost to Kai Robinson, Nico Young, man, he's, he's damn good. We, he, uh, He's been running well. So, Nico Young, my new number one going into regionals. All right, time for women. Women are up. Now, this is where we get a little controversy. I had to prevent myself from doing something. So, to go into this, these rankings, we have this rating system. Uh, basically, being rated a one is basically your plus minus of being All-American. So the best right now, Caitlin Tui has a rating of .9690, which is, as of right now, the best rating that I have in my algorithm. And Parker Valby is a .9750. So a difference of .014 separates Tui and Valby. And the algorithm told me 
Tui over Valby. So I had to respect the algorithm, and that's what I did. I put Tui over Valby. But man, I think it's a lot closer. I think there's a legitimate chance that Parker Valby can beat Caitlin Tui. Now, Tui has a lot going for her. She has the experience. She has the fact that she's running for her team. And Valby's going to be going there as an individual. She has the, you know, the pedigree, right? She's been great all throughout high school. She's been great her first few years at NC State. She just has a lot going for her. She is basically, I'm trying to find a, she's the Patrick Mahomes. No, she's like, yeah, she's Patrick Mahomes. She's 1-1. We know she's good. Like. We're never going to count out Patrick Mahomes the way we, we're not going to count Caitlin Tui. Parker Valby, though, Parker Valby is, in my opinion, Josh Allen. Because Josh Allen has yet to win the big one, but everyone knows Josh Allen is damn good and can go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes, and that's what Parker Valby is. We saw her go toe-to-toe with Caitlin Tui in outdoor track. But, you know, took the loss. But that's fine. It was her first time there. Parker Valby now this season, she's dominating everyone. She dominated Mercy Chilanga, an NCAA champion herself, at SECs. She has shown no signs of weakness. Like, she's, she's perfect. She's undefeated this season. And she's running fast. She's not winning, like, close races. She's not running in slow races. She's running fast from the gun. And she's going to push Caitlin Tui to her absolute limit. Now, the algorithm says Tui now. It says Valby second, but I really truly believe it is a toss-up. If I had to guess, I don't know. My, I think the smart answer is go with Tui. You should go with the known. But the fun answer is to go with Valby. Come on. That'll be fun. Chris Zielinski doing a great job coaching down there in Florida. Finds a way to get Parker Valby that no one was talking about. Kind of this unknown. Yes, she was good in high school, but she was no Caitlin Tui. She was no Marley Starlipper. She was no Jenna Hutchins. She was no uh, Natalie Cook. She was Parker Valby. Good, but like not. she wasn't lighting up the headlines. But then her freshman year at Florida, she starts running fast. She, lets, she puts her, her name in the, on the charts at outdoor track. And now this cross-country season, it's just like, all right. Well, you are for real. Like, there's a there's a shot that you're gonna just dominate this academic school year, and we'll find out. We find out in November. Valby's gonna cruise through regionals. So, so with Tui, Tui probably won't even win regionals. She's probably gonna like jog with her teams. Maybe doesn't even run it right. Tui could be like, hey, let the rest of the team qualify. Um, but yeah, Valby two, Tui one. It's kind of great. They both. Name last, their last names end with a Y. Love the symmetry there. Tui, Valby, it's going to be great. Chilanga, NCAA champion uh, two years ago. One on the Stillwater course. I have third. Kaylee McCabe, she uh, beat the Oklahoma State duo of Taylor Rowe and Natalie Cook. On, uh, so that meant something for me. So West Virginia's Kaylee McCabe is fourth. Taylor Rowe, we know she's Probably her floor is like seventh place. I have her fifth. Then Kelsey Camille, Bailey Ertenstein. Uh, she uh, did well at Pac-12s. Natalie Cook, 
Hilda Oldman Mola of Alabama, Evelyn Kemboy, I have 10, Aubrey Frenthway, 11, Kaylee Mitchell of Oregon State, 12, Emily Venters, 13, Samantha Bush, running well, 14, Elise Stearns, NAU's new number one runner, she's running well, she won Big Sky, 15th, Bella Jepkuru, which no one is talking about, she's Oklahoma State's number three runner, I have her finishing 16th. Now we'll get into this when we talk about team. But right now, I have Oklahoma State third runner being the best third runner. A better third runner than Alabama's trio. A better third runner than NC State's trio. Oklahoma State having three in the top 16. That's scary. Keep that in mind. Then I have Kelly Doan of Liberty. Emily Covert of Colorado. NAU, another runner in the top 20. Anika Reese, and then Olivia Markezic of Notre Dame in my top 20. So, all the big names are there. I don't think there's, I mean, there might be a few that I'm kind of, that may just have like a breakout race and just find a way to sneak into the top 20. But sneaking into the top five, I don't see anyone outside the top, my top 20 finishing in the top five. Like, it's going to be Tui. It's going to be Valby. It's going to be McCabe. It's going to be one of the Oklahoma State women. It's going to be Chilangot. Like, it's a known commodity. Similar to the men, these are the women that are going to be fighting for that title, and I really think eventually it's just going to be Tui and Valby. And we may see Tui get shown up, or we might see Tui remind us, hey, I'm Caitlin freaking Tui. I ain't losing to Parker Valby. Find out. And now, who do I have ranked 255 on the women? Who's joining Jacob Lewis of Tennessee as my dead last finisher? It is Madeline Vinning of Toledo. Sorry. Toledo, having a good season. But Madeline... I just have you finishing 255. I, I, I believe I don't. I, I never heard of you to be honest. I'm sorry. I probably should. You did run at NCAA's last year, and you're running better this year. Your your rating that you had this regular season is actually better than the rating you had at 2021. So you're showing improvement, which means that you. You shouldn't finish dead last year. But, you know, new people come in, people leave, changes the algorithm. You're not going to finish dead last, but as of right now, you are. Sorry. All right, before we get into the uh, the team side of things, let's take a look at the chat. Uh, Kurt Steele, I thought um, we were they were all just imposter Alex Mayers. Yes, Mayer, like... We'll talk about this when we uh, talk about the men's team title. But basically, there's the Alex Mayer um, factor. Or the, stand, the Alex Mayer standard. And the U has two. Stanford has three. Oklahoma State has one. BYU has two and a half. When you look at that, it kind of doesn't look good for Oklahoma State only having one Alex Mayer. But... Their Alex Mayer is the actual Alex Mayer. I'll get into that when we talk about uh, the team stuff. 
people joining the pod now, they're like, what the hell is he talking about? I'll explain. I'll explain. Don't worry about it. Um, Cameron Webb, how many quotes will Kevin dispute when he gets back? All of them. He's probably going to try to delete this episode. So if you're watching live, you may be seeing you know, something that no one else will ever get to see again because Kevin will file it away into the abyss. Um, Bill Kingsley, Scudder looked strong last year too until championships, yes. But I think he's, I think he's doing well. I think he's going to finish top 10. Um, mediocre, mediocre professor, please mention that SEC primarily, primarily runs on flat courses while ACC has significant hills. No, that's not going to be a reason for me to say that Tui is showing her that she's stronger than Valby. I don't care about that. Hills, no hills, flat, doesn't matter. Valby is running fast. Fast is fast. I don't care if it's up a hill, down a hill. I don't care if it's on a, a track. Kipchoge was running sub-two-hour marathon on a flat track with perfect pacers. Doesn't mean... You can't win a New York City marathon dealing with hills. We should, you know, we should, we actually should find that out because we need Kipchoge to run in New York City. Um, yeah, uh, Kurt Steele, kind of confused. Didn't you say Tui 0.96 and Valby 0.97? Wouldn't that mean a Valby over Tui? No, it's the lower the number. So 0.96. So th- un- again, understand my algorithm. One is basically all American. So if you're less than one, you're higher up, and if you're more than one, you're lower down. So the the lowest number is the best. So 0.96 is better than 0.97. I think when I did this algorithm, Chezarek got all the way down to like 0.94, which is very hard to do. Typically, the super elites are all under 0.98, and then like all-time greats are in like the 0.95s, and I think Chezarek one time was 0.94. So yeah, the lower the number, the higher you're up. Um, anyone else saying anything? More people talking about the hills. Uh, clearly, Kevin is the one that pays attention to the comment section. Yes, it's very true. He is the one that keeps me in line and makes sure that we stay connected with you guys. And I'm trying my best here. Hey, it's my first time reading comments, to be honest. I've actually never read the comments. You're told not to read comments as a content creator because the people come in, they fire shots like, what's with your hairstyle? It, it hurts. It breaks your heart, you know? So I'm doing my best. Anyway, so we're going to talk about the team title. And I have some things to say about it that may get me in trouble by Kevin, but he's not here. He's calling in fake sick. So he's got to deal with it. So let's start with um let's start with the women's. Oh, I'm telling you, Gordon. All right, you want yeah, keep cold. keep this between me, you and the and the chat. Uh so let's talk about the women's team title first. We're gonna do a little um ladder style. So we talk about how NC State, you know, they got obviously the best run in the country because Valby is not gonna score because she's gonna be an individual. So they already got one stick, they only got to score four. And right now, my rankings have NC State 1, Oklahoma State 2, New Mexico 3, and Alabama 4, Northern Arizona 5, and Georgetown 6. And if you look at that, they have the exact same ranking 
as I had prior to conference championships. So the algorithm said, what you did at conferences was great. Oklahoma State dominating Big 12s, NC State barely winning ACCs, New Mexico doing their thing at Mountain West, and Alabama winning SECs, and AU winning, Georgetown winning. Like, it actually didn't affect the algorithm. And I thought it would. I thought NC State's barely winning ACCs would drop them. I also thought that NC State, we haven't seen Savannah Shaw. She, I had her as one of their top six runners. I'm now removing her from the list because she hasn't run since like early September. Uh, and one thing I learned is there's a Savannah Shaw that runs for Pepperdine. You know that? I learned that. I had a, I saw the double. I said, wait, that's a different Savannah Shaw and I had to remove. Anyway, uh, but despite NC State barely winning ACCs and despite Oklahoma State dominating Big 12s, it really didn't change the projections. And so I think that NC State clearly is the favorite still, despite showing some flaws. However, I will say this. NC State basically is going to win or lose the team title because of one runner. And one runner runner, one runner only. It's not Camille. It's not Tui. It's not Bush. It's not whether or not Starlipper shows up. It's one runner only. That's not the runner. Colts trying to discover who the runner is. So the runner is who I have currently seated. Where do I have her? Um, basically, I'm telling you how. I'm basically going to tell you. There are 255 runners in a cross-country race, but only one of them will decide the team title. And that is who I have currently ranked 25th. And that is Sydney Seymour, the senior from NC State. Sydney Seymour, let's get her uh, T-first page up. Cole, I'm going to send you the T-first page in the chat. Uh, sorry. Paul, apologies. Oh, man, I, I should have done a better job at prepping Colt here. I'm not. I'm going to put in. I'm going to put in the document. I just didn't have the document up. Boom. There it is. Sydney uh, Seymour transferred from Tennessee. She's had a very unique. Uh, season so far. So scroll down. We'll show her. She's run four races. So if you want to scroll down so you show the four race results. Or she's only run three times. So she ran at Joe Piani and she got sixth. And that was a good Joe Piani race. She was right next to Samantha Bush. Finished like a second behind her. And then Nuttycomb she finished like a few seconds behind. She finished 23rd at Nuttycomb on October 14th. And then her most recent result, if you scroll back up well, no, the other way. Yeah. You see that she finished 29th at ACC's. So she's getting worse as the season goes along. But she started as like, uh, no doubt about it, top 20 runner. And now she's like showing like, hey, I may not be a top 20 runner. But, you know, she's, she's made the NCAA Outdoor 5K. She's run 1530s in a 5K. Like she is a legit talent. She's transferred from Tennessee. So there's something there. But it is slowly not looking good. And right now, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. I have her finishing 25th. But if this goes the way it's trending, and she finds a way to finish 60th, 80th, 100th, NC State's ability to have pure dominance goes out the window. And then Oklahoma State 
and New Mexico, or maybe even Alabama, will win. NC State's the favorite. They're going to win if Sydney Seymour runs like Sydney Seymour can. The thing is, she's showing signs of fading. And if it continues to fade, NC State won't win. If it doesn't fade, NC State will win. So, if you guys want to, when you're watching the race, just follow one runner. You don't even need to watch the other 254 runners. Just see where Sydney Seymour is. If Sydney Seymour's running well, NC State's going to win. If Sydney Seymour's running poorly, NC State will not win. NC State will finish, still finish second, but they just they won't win. And Oklahoma State is the, the team kind of in line to kind of take advantage of that. They have a great top four, a great top three, a good top four. Their fifth is not good, but their top four, their top three is so good that they can make up for having a, a not so good fifth. New Mexico, they're great through seven, but they don't have a true good number one. And then Alabama, they have an incredible top three. It's just their four or five are kind of running in no man's land, and they're going to kind of need a miracle. And then NAU, they could show up. They can put together Taryn O'Neill right now. I have like their third or fourth runner. She was top 10 last year. So, uh, but yeah, NC State's the, the one to watch. Sydney Seymour, she is the linchpin on whether or not NC State wins back-to-back titles or gets upset by an Oklahoma State or New Mexico. Let's look at the chat. Chat, do you agree with me or not agree with me? Uh, Bill Kinsley, I'm scared Gordon and I agree on something. Yeah, you should be. You should never be okay with uh, agreeing with me. Uh, someone whose name is OO, three O's, three O's, NC State has a depth that Coach Hennes can adjust based on her evaluation of how runners are the week of finals. That is true, but she's not going to not run Sydney Seymour. Even though she ran awful at ACC's, she's too good of a talent to not, you know, take a chance on her. Because you don't want someone who could have finished 15th overall sitting on the sideline. I'll take the risk. And then just hope that if she doesn't finish 15th, someone else finds a way to finish 30th or something like that. But yeah, NC State, it's all about Sydney Seymour, the transfer from Tennessee. See what happens. Uh, any other notable non-top um, four teams that I want to talk about on the women's side? Let me bring up the list. Uh, Colorado, I mean, them doing well at Pac-12s, moved them up from 12th to 7th. Um, Providence women, they moved up pretty well to 15th. See if there's any big droppers. No, no, not really any big droppers. You know, you can kind of just once you get outside the top like eight, it's really anyone like there. Uh, there's not like a true like. There's not a true number nine team. If that makes any sense. There's someone can finish ninth to eighteenth, and it all kind of mean the same. So that's why it's kind of hard to little talk about the Washingtons, the North Carolinas, Utah Valleys, Cal Baptists of the world, because they're all kind of very intermixed. It's really NC State versus Oklahoma State slash New Mexico slash Alabama slash maybe put a flyer out on NAU. And Georgetown. Georgetown's running. We need to respect some Georgetown. Georgetown respect out there. They're running well in D.C. So, yeah. I don't really know any much about them, but I just know they're running well. NAU, running well. We'll see what happens. Okay. It's time to talk about the men. Save the best for last. 
because I have some thoughts. So, if I recall correctly, I believe I, maybe I, I don't, I don't know what I recall, to be honest. A lot happened over the weekend. It was a Halloween party. It was World Series games. Lots happened since Friday. I'm a different man. Different man since Friday. We're all different people since Friday. We go through. It's, it's, it's November. We've all become different in November. Maybe I'll grow out a mustache. We'll see. Um, but right now I have Stanford 1, Oklahoma State 2, BYU 3, Northern Arizona 4. Then there may... I may need to throw... I may need to throw Wisconsin 5 and Air Force 6 in the mix as well. I'll talk about that when we talk about my NAU thoughts. But the first, let's talk about, I think we should start with NAU. So NAU runs very well at Big Sky. They had a great, they scored like 17 points, dominated Montana State. And Montana State's a good team. But here's the thing. NAU, we know they got a great in Nico Young. We know they got a Strong, solid, top 15 guy in Drew Bosley. But this may be the end. The algorithm does not love their three through seven. Nico Young and Drew Bosley are great, but then I have their third and their fourth in the 90s, their fifth, sixth, seventh in the hundreds. It's not looking good, and it's because there really isn't much for us to go off of because they didn't run well at Nutty Comb. The Big Sky results, when you actually dive into the numbers, their 3-4-5 were way back of Drew Bosley. If their 3-4-5 were closer to Drew Bosley, then maybe there would have been some semblance of like, okay, they're getting their stuff together. The back half of their roster is starting to look good. It's, but They only looked good at Big Sky because there was no other teams there. If they run the way they ran at Big Sky at Nuttycomb, it would have been the same type of result. So we still have yet to really truly see NAU in the form that we thought they would be. That being said, it is NAU. They have won four of the past five, with their one loss being a second-place finish. So we should not count on NAU. But if you have a brain, if you have eye test, and if you have an algorithm, you count them out. But don't count them out. Because Mike Smith, NAU, can't count them out, but count them out. Does that make sense? You can count them out, but can't count them out. At the same time, they're fourth. They're going to finish fourth. But maybe first. But they're going to finish fourth. Yeah, fourth. fourth. They're going to finish fourth. All right, so let's talk about the true now. We used to think it was a big four. It's actually a big three. The big three is BYU, Oklahoma State, and Stanford. Why do we have the order as right now Stanford, Oklahoma State, BYU? So let's look at, let's start with BYU. Um, let's look at the individual teams that the individual results I have for rankings I have for BYU men. So right now, BYU men, I have them finishing Klinger seven, Garnica 33, Joey Noakes 36, Christian Allen 46, Aiden Troutner 52. It's pretty good. But the thing is, their second runner. I have it finishing 33rd. That's not going to cut it. If your second best runner is 33rd, you're not going to win an, a, a title. Because when, when I show you what Oklahoma State and Stanford's second best runners, they're not finishing 33rd. But keep in mind, though, BYU, second 33rd, then 36, 
then 46, then 52. We talk about that tight spread that BYU had at Nuttycomb, and this is where you're seeing it. There's th- they're two through five. It's going to be 33 to 52. That's an amazing pack. But you just need BYU to do that in the 20s, not in the 30s and 40s. Now, BYU can. Brandon Garnica, as Kevin says, big race Brandon. We'll see if he does big race Brandon at Stillwater. It wasn't a big race when he ran at Stillwater in March of 2021. Christian Allen, he's good. Weber State transfer. But, you know, there hasn't been too much, you know, he hasn't run out of his mind. And then Aiden Troutner, Jr., he's he's kind of just like a solid BYU guy. And then you have the the Davin and Creed Thompson. I have that as their 6'7 runner finishing 63-64. I have their 7th runner finishing 64th. That's how good BYU is. They put 7 in the top 65. It's insane. Um, but BYU, their weakness right now is their 2 through 5 spread. I'm not even including their 1 because Klinger's top 10. He's separate. Their 2 through 5 spread right now looks like it's going to finish in the 30s and 40s as opposed to the 20s and the 30s. We'll see what happens. And then Oklahoma State, I have two. And Oklahoma State, they, they're, they're, the, they're the ultimate wild card. They're the wild card of all wild cards, in my opinion, because they have the home course advantage, which is real, because this is a very hard cross-country course. You ask any athlete or any coach who went there, they will tell you this is not normal. It is hard. The last K or two miles, or I'm not sure when it starts, but the last part of the race, people die. And Oklahoma State's going to know that, and they're not going to die because they're going to be prepared for the death. If you're prepared for death, you don't die. Whoa. That's like a really good quote. If you're prepared for death, you don't die. Let's put that on a, on a That's T-shirt. Deep. That's deep, right? Because... When you get older, right, and you start preparing for the end of your time, the, the like, you're, when you actually do die, you feel like you're not really dying because you're prepared for it. Like death, when it's, death that you're prepared for just feels different versus death that you're not prepared for. Anyway, Oklahoma State is prepared for the death, and so they won't die. That's, that's exactly what's going to happen. They have Alex Mayer. We'll talk about Alex Mayer. Enough of that. All right. Let's talk about their two through five. So they have Mayer, who's going to finish top four. And then they have Roy Leonard, sophomore, new to the scene, ran well at Big 12s. I haven't finished in the top 20. Victor Schitzema, who is kind of like the Sydney Seymour of Oklahoma State. You don't know what you're going to get. Are you going to get a top 20 guy? Or are you going to get a guy who finishes in the, in the 90s? I have him 20th. And then you see a pack. And their pack is basically their four through six. Isai Rodriguez, 39. Fayod Masayudi, 41. And then Ryan Shopey, 43. So, their sixth man finishing 43rd, that's, that's a sign of success, right? That shows they have the depth. That shows they got six bullets for five, for five uh, shots. It's looking good. But here's the thing. As good as this all is, as good it is that they have the home field advantage, and as good it is as it is that they have six in the top 43. And as good as it is that I have Alex Mayer, who might win individually, the difference is Stanford has three Alex Mayers. And what do I mean by Alex Mayer? And Alex Mayer is someone who you know is going to finish no worse than seventh. Like, 
which means their their floor is the greatest floor. It's like marble. It's like it's always clean. It doesn't no scruffs. People take their shoes off when they walk on it. That's what an Alex Mayer is. You know your floor is perfect. And the floor of an Alex Mayer is seventh, which is great. If you're finishing seventh out of 255, you're damn good. Oklahoma State has an Alex Mayer. His name's Alex Mayer. But Stanford has three of them. Their names are Charles Hicks, Cole Sprout, and Kai Robinson. And I have them right now finishing third, fourth, fifth, which means they're really only scoring two people. They only have to do a two-person. They don't need to worry about a two-person spread. They're four and five runner. Because they got three who are finishing in the top five right now. So, who are? We know what Stanford's got top three. So, it's basically, can their four or five put together a respectable performance? And based on what I've seen this regular season, I think they can. Right now, their fourth runner, I have as Devin Hart, finishing 45th, just outside All-American. And then their fifth runner, finishing 65th. Uh, Makai Boudin Rousseau, um, finishing 65th. And then their sixth runner, 85th, Thomas Boyden. And then their seventh runner, Robert Donato, 100th. Who cares about that? It's more about their 4-5, and their 4-5 is 45 and 65. And 45 and 65 plus their top three, that's, that's, that's not going to get beat. Now, there is a weakness here to Stanford, right? Is, you know, what if their 4-5 have bad days? They're not... Household names, they can have bad days. So it's not a sure lock you're going to win no matter what. But they have four guys, and they got to find two of the four. They need a 50% hit rate to get two guys near All-American status. And right now, the way they're running, I think they can. So Stanford right now is the favorite. Oklahoma State with the home field advantage and having six guys in All-American conversation is two. BYU is three, mainly because, you know, Christian Allen and Brandon Garnica. BYU can easily win, for the record. BYU can easily, for sure, win, and it should not be surprising. But BYU can also easily get third. Just very easily. Super easy. It's really hard for them to get second. BYU getting second is going to be the hardest thing they've ever done in their life. But BYU getting third or BYU getting first it's going to be the easiest thing he's ever done in their life. That may not make sense, but it's true. BYU is finishing first or third. They're not finishing second. Deal with it. Um, and then NAU. I have them fourth. NAU will win if, if, the, if NCAAs was on a Thursday and it was, called, like, it was like a throwback Thursday race, NAU will win because then they'll just throw back to when they were putting – like seven All-Americans up, you know, the the uh, Louis Grijalva and Blaze Farrow years and Jordy Beamish and all that good stuff. But the thing is, cross-countries run on a Saturday, not a Thursday. Used to be run on a Monday sometimes. But it's run on a Saturday, not a Thursday, so they're not going to be able to throw it back to the glory days of 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. They're going to have to focus on the now. And I think it's going to be about can they win individually. I think that's the storyline now for NAU with Nico Young. Can they go? Can they win an individual title? I'm not sure if NAU's ever won an individual title. I should look it up. I don't think NAU has ever won an individual title in cross country. So, uh, but at the same time, don't count on NAU. They're, they're, they're in the big four because of their pedigree. 
But really, it's a big three. But he put four in because it's NAU. You can't ignore NAU. Um, that's the team side. Team-wise, outside my big four, Air Force is running well. Wake Forest ran well at conferences. Wisconsin, I think, is a sneaky team. If NAU really falls apart, Wisconsin could sneak in there for fourth. I don't think NAU is going to fall apart. I think they're going to they're going to all they're going to at least podium. Uh, any other weird teams in the mix? Um, Princeton's now ranked. Harvard is now ranked. Colorado State's now ranked. Iowa State's ranked. Uh, any other big movers? NC State men moved up a bit. Again, it's kind of Wake Forest. Yeah, Wake Forest went from 19 to 7. We knew Wake Forest was good. Wake Forest, I had top 10. Then they ran like ass at Nuttycomb, so I took them out. And then they ran great at ACCs, so they put them back in. So you just got to not run like ass, and you're going to be a top 10 team. That's, that's what every coach would say to their athletes. Hey, don't run like ass, and you're a top 10 team. Simple. Run like ass, you're outside top 10. Maybe they don't use those words, but they should because it'd be funny. Everyone loves a funny coach. So yeah, right now, Stanford won because of their crazy top three. Oklahoma State two because of their home field advantage and their depth through six. BYU three because there's no way in hell they're finishing second. They're finishing first or third. That's what BYU's doing. They're winning or they're third. And then NAU's four. He's got to respect Mike Smith. You got to respect their pedigree. But you also got to respect the results that they put on the floor, on the grass, this year. And those results say you're the fourth best team. And then the rest. So. uh, Look at the chat. Um, Bill Kingsley, I think Mike Smith loves to doubt real or imagine. That's true. Yeah, all coaches love being doubted. So, screw you, Stanford. You suck. Oklahoma State, all right, cool. We're Stillwater. Why don't you be in a better city? BYU, Provo. How do I, like, a Cougars, your mascot? Lame. NAU, Lumberjacks. That's like a very old-fashioned mode of... Getting a, are there lumberjacks in real life, Colt? Got them. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, there's definitely lumberjacks, right? They probably but don't not use like, axes anymore to cut down trees. They don't but... use axes. Lumberjacks are just using machines. Probably. Yeah. Right. Like, there's not an actual lumberjack. Like chainsaws and yeah. So lumberjacks yeah. are kind of like they don't exist anymore because people just technology. They're like a lumberjack is now basically like the kiosk at the McDonald's when you order your food. Like, they don't need you anymore. Right? Well, anyway, yeah, NAU. You have a shitty mascot. Wisconsin. All right, cool. Keep on winning Big Ten titles, but when are you going to win an NCAA title? Air Force? All right. I'll rather watch the Air Force, Navy, Army try meet. Wake Forest? Chris Paul's cool. Tulsa? Are you jealous that Nationals is in Stillwater and not Tulsa? Notre Dame? Do you miss Dylan Jacobs? Villanova? You're a basketball school. Colorado, Mark Wetmore, more like Mark hasn't won since 2014 more. Uh, North Carolina, Milt's cool, but like, it's no Stanford. They've won the basketball game. They won a basketball game. Oh, don't, 
Duke is better in every facet of the, facet of the game, I guess, except for cross-country. Michigan State, you just got beat by Michigan in football. Oregon, is Schumacher focused on your team? I don't know. He could care more about his uh, Grant Fisher's World Athletics Athlete of the Year campaign. Alabama, uh, I mean, you're a team of three. You've never been a team of four or five. NC State, we care more about your women's program. Syracuse, Justin Knight was cool. Portland, uh, you wish you went to Oregon. Uh, Colorado State, I like you guys. Colorado State's cool. I can't say anything wrong about Colorado State. Cal Baptist, welcome to D1. So good luck with that. Montana State, Duncan Hamilton, he runs steeple, not 10K cross. Harvard, you guys are too smart for this. Tennessee, like, you got a new coach and all, but, like, no one cares about the cross-country team. You're number one in the college football rankings. So you guys should be watching football, not running cross-country. Princeton, I mean, Princeton, like, are you guys, like, too cool for school for running? Like, you guys may be, like, doing, like, voting uh, polls, right? Then Princeton, does Princeton do voting stuff? No, that's, what's uh, the one? Susquehanna? What's the big, what's the big polling school? There's a big polling school? Yeah, there's a school that does, like, a lot of voting polls. Is it Susquehanna? It's a very famous one. I've never, I don't know. I don't know what Susquehanna Anyway, is. Princeton, you guys are smart. And then Iowa State. Why don't you let me film a workout with you guys? You keep on saying no. So I'm ranking you 25th. They are officially roasted, all of you. So now you all have a reason to shut me up and win a national title. You're welcome. 25 schools, you're welcome. That's it, guys. It's been fun. I uh, can't wait till Friday. We'll preview NYC Marathon. Uh, Kevin will be back, hopefully. I'm sick free. And uh, yeah, cross country. So close. Can't wait to see. Men's and women's matches. It's really coming to, to, wish, uh, to fruition, especially individual battles. It's going to be great. Team battles are going to be great. There's, there's favorites, but there's no locks, which is great. There's a favorite in the team battles and in the individual battles, but there's no locks. And when there's no locks, it gets exciting because that means anything can happen. So got to love a, a year where there's no true lock, and uh, we'll find out. Thanks for listening. Like and subscribe. Sorry for technical difficulties. Um, and we'll talk to you guys on Friday.